Hello and welcome to this edition of Community Connections. I'm your host, Chuck Curlin. Today we are with the CEO of the Cancer Support Community of Greater Philadelphia, Kelly Harris. And Kelly, welcome to the program. It's great to have you here. Great. Right Thank off you. the bat, tell us a little bit about the organization. So Cancer Support Community of Greater Philadelphia is an organization that provides a comprehensive free program of support for anybody affected by any kind of cancer. You know, uh, we're so fortunate that in the Philadelphia area, we have great medical facilities, Fox Chase, Penn, so many great cancer centers where people can get great treatment. But so often what happens is that they don't necessarily have the support to deal with the stress, anxiety, concerns, worry of living with a cancer diagnosis. So we provide that program that includes support groups. We do individual counseling. We have educational events. We have mind-body programs. We have a huge program for kids. We have a summer camp for kids. We provide those activities all free of charge because we don't want there to be a barrier for mm -hmm. anybody to not be able to participate. So, you know, we'll contact all the cancer centers in the area, make sure people are aware of our services, and then we work with people to get them involved in our program. Well, being the CEO, I guess my the thing that I'm always curious about is how did you get to becoming a CEO and how did you get involved in the organization? So I've been there for 20 years. I just had my 20th anniversary this Congratulations. year. Congratulations. Thank you. Yep. I had been working as the director of an international adoption agency. And because I traveled so much, I would get bad jet lag. Came home from a trip one time and I, I just really was not getting better. You know, I wasn't feeling well. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, uh, ended up in University of Pennsylvania with leukemia. Um, did not have a great prognosis. But realized through my treatment, which was several years long, uh, I was so fortunate to have survived. I realized that what I really wanted to do mm -hmm. with my life's work is help people with cancer. Because I knew, you know, the day I was diagnosed, and I looked around at my family and I could see the looks on their faces. They, none of us really knew what to do. I mean, we were just listening to the doctor, but we had no clue. Didn't run in the family or anything? Nope. Like, wow. Not at all. Not at all. So, you know, I, I saw a position open and I applied and that was 20 years ago. And here you are, right? Here I am. Well, are you happy with how things have progressed over the 20 years? I am. My gosh, we have grown from uh, one location to now we serve uh, patients and their families at seven locations across the greater Philadelphia area. We have two main locations. One is in Fairmount Park and the other is in Warminster and Bucks County. And th then we work in hospitals to provide services on site. So when patients get diagnosed, mm -hmm. we can meet them at the time of diagnosis. So we're at five other locations across the Delaware Valley. Wow. and and. You mentioned in the hospitals, is there a special training that, uh, that qualify people for going into these hospitals to meet with people that are there diagnosed? Is. Yeah, the, the really um, important thing to us is that we provide the highest quality service. So all of our staff that meet with patients and their families are licensed mental health professionals. They're either licensed social workers, licensed professional counselors, or have training. Um, if we do peer-to-peer -peer groups, mm -hmm. we make sure that they're trained appropriately. Oh, wow. Yeah, because that, that's something you always hear, especially when you're in a hospital. That's a, a very trying time. Oh, so you want to make sure that you have somebody that's uh, that understands the whole situation. Uh, it is. You know, that's a big thing. 
are, are you still hands-on or are you still more of a behind the scenes? Yeah, I'm, more now I've moved much more into administration. Mm -hmm. I, I was hands-on for a long time, uh, but now, you know, it's just, we have a full staff. So I, there's just no need for me to be. Of course, I'm always there if people need advice or information or historical information. Right. But uh, no, I pretty much focus on operations. Yeah, um, I, I have a friend who works at the Wistar Institute and sure. he does a lot of research on oncology. And that's one thing he tells me, he says, the time that it takes and the pressures that are involved in trying to find something that can help patients, especially with cancer, it's amazing. I Absolutely. mean, it's something that, you know, when you look at it, people are, it, it's the dreaded C word. And it it's just, I could just imagine like when someone's giving that diagnosis and you, you see this firsthand, it's gotta be like life altering, right? 100%, nobody ever says to me, gosh, I was expecting that. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is devastating no matter what kind of cancer, no matter what stage. And it's a family disease. We know that, you know, it just doesn't affect the person in the family with cancer. It affects the husband or wife. It affects the parents. It affects the kids. So we really develop our program to make sure that we have programs for all of those people because we know it affects the whole family. Now, if someone was watching this now and they wanted more information, I'm how would you uh, guide them to, to find more information to get their needs, especially for your organization? They can visit our website, which is www.cancersupportphiladelphia.org, which is the best way. And there's a link on there that they can send us an email and we get back to them within 24 hours. Yeah, I, I think this is important just to, to drive that home so people at home can get instantaneous information because this is something that, as you know, is a very difficult thing to talk about, especially amongst family members, you, you see it firsthand, we do. you know? It's like, wow. Um, other thing that, I, that, that really curiosity, when you became the CEO, did you have to set up a hierarchy under you or was that already in place? Well, we, we had, a, hier we, uh, we had a, a system in place. So we have a whole team of people that just work on our program. Mm -hmm. And then we have a fundraising section and then we have an admin group that makes sure we operate because we don't charge for anything. Ah, that's right. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts to our organization. Yeah, funding is uh, vol uh, volunteer and donations, right? It is, and it that. is. We don't get any government funding. We don't, because we don't charge for anything, we don't get any uh, payment for services. So we rely on individual donations. We do a number of fundraisers throughout the year. We do write some grants throughout the year, which are helpful, but yeah, it's a big order. Yeah, um, is it mainly uh, people that are donating? Is it mainly people that have already been through the process or is it family members? Do you have any idea where the funding comes from? You know, most of our funding comes from individuals. I would say that there's a, a fair amount of, of funding that comes from people that have been through our program. Mm -hmm. But you know, people recognize if they've been touched by cancer at all, uh, what it does to your family and what it does to you. So when people hear about our mission, people are very generous uh, in giving to support our program. Yeah, and that's a good question. How do they hear about the mission? How is it transferred or marketed? Marketing is always a challenge, I think, for any small charity mm -hmm. organization uh, because it's not always free. Uh, we rely a lot on word of mouth. Somebody comes and participates in our program. We want them to tell people, 
you know, how great it was for them. We do reach out to a lot of doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners. Mm -hmm. We have a medical advisory board, which is a volunteer group of doctors. They help by referring their patients. And, you know, social media is the new thing. You know, yeah. when I first started, social media wasn't an option. <laughs> right. And uh, that's been hugely helpful. Yeah, I guess th there must be a Facebook page set up. And we do. We yes, do. Twitter, the whole nine yards. Absolutely. Instagram. That's it. Kelly, I, we, I know I mentioned this earlier, it's CEO. There are other people under you. Um, what are some of the other roles, I guess, that you have to oversee? And uh, feel free to uh, share some of their stories. Well, you know, we, we couldn't do what we do if we didn't have a really active volunteer group of people that support us in helping us raise money and make connections for our program. So we have a board of directors that oversees the organization. And most recently, we developed an associate board of directors, which is really geared toward younger people who have an interest in getting involved in the community, kind of an intro to board service. Oh. So we just started that within the last month. And then we have volunteers that help us with our fundraising. We have volunteers that help us with our operations. And again, you know, we, we couldn't do what we do without them. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned, uh, obviously dealing with cancer, is the pediatrics come into play as well? Do you also work with CHOP uh, or St. Christopher's Hospital in Philadelphia? So, you know, it's interesting. 20 years ago, um, we started a program for children. And, you know, back then, Kids who were treated with cancer, a lot of times were treated for their cancer in the hospital. You know, over the course of the last 20 years, we've seen that kids can now be treated in an outpatient setting, which is great because they can be home with mom and dad and their family. And so, you know, we have a very large program for children. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a summer camp for children and teens that are separate. And that's again, free of charge. We go out into local schools and provide different programs. We provide support groups. We provide education to either the staff or just support opportunities for kids. We'll go out and do some counseling mm -hmm. with kids. And so, you know, if schools call us, we're there. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's a good thing. I was, I know we were talking about it. It just seemed like we were, uh, everything seemed to be geared to the older patient. I was always curious if you had any uh, workings with, because they're two of the best hospitals in the country. They are. Very really good. And, and as you mentioned, Penn is very solid as well. Oh, gosh, the Penn yeah. hospital system is, is tremendous, especially for cancer. And Fox Chase is, I think that's world renowned. You, you would know better sure than is, I. Yeah. Yep. You know, we, for the kids, it's interesting. We try and always have the element of fun because they're still kids. Yes. You know, so even if we have like a program that we try to help them focus on their emotions, we always have fun. We have ice cream. We have you know, family dinner nights where we provide dinner for the families because we know how hard it is mm -hmm. for families to deal with cancer. So we want to take a little bit of the load off. Yes. So, you know, we have a meal prepared for them. We'll have a movie. We have outdoor movies in the summer and it, it, the parents get to know each other. So that's a built in support as well. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, you're creating a support group amongst the exactly. people that have family members that are suffering exactly. from the disease, which is great. And a lot of them have years of relationships. You know, even long after their cancer is gone, thank God, they remain friends. And they stay involved too, which is a good they sure thing. Do. Yeah, that, that, because you mentioned the fundraisers, that must be a, a good uh, bringing together point, I guess. And it is. Uh, are some of them more popular than others? 
We have a couple, we have a really popular golf tournament in the fall of every year. We have something called Pause for Life Dog Walk, mm -hmm. which is a great, you know, kids, dogs, families, what else do you need, right? Right, yeah. Uh, that's every fall. And um, that's a fun activity for the family. And, you know, we have different fundraisers throughout the year that different people help us with. That's, so we're very fortunate. That's good. And anybody looking to volunteer their time or their funds, they could just go right to your website. 100%. Yeah, and, and that, I, that's always important because as you're saying, you're not getting any government assistance here. This <laughs> is not. all from people just opening up their wallets to it is. make it all work. And, and you know, I always say to people, we, we love big donors, but we can't do without the $5 donors either. Right. That's just as important to us. Every little bit helps, right? Every penny. 84% of all the money that we raise stays in the greater Delaware Valley. So people should feel good yes. knowing that when they donate to us, the money stays helping local families. And in today's world, I think that's important to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, is there a number of volunteers that you guys set out for or is it the more the merrier? The more the merrier. Oh, okay. We have several hundred volunteers that help us in different areas, but we are always looking for good volunteers. Yeah, because, you know, when you're uh, uh, responsible for 100% of donations, volunteers play a big role. They sure do. And they make, I guess they make your job a little bit easier as well. They sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I, you know, uh, over the years uh, interviewing different people, I've seen this, how important volunteers and we know with cancer, it's it, it hits a lot of people and it, does. and it hits them at the wrong time. It's never convenient. And that's why uh, I drive that home. I, I'm What you're doing is fantastic, you know? And when you think okay. about the things that you're implementing to make other people's lives better, it, it must bring a warmth to your heart. It does. You know, people ask me a lot, how can you do what you do? You know, what I always say is at the end of the day, we make people's lives better. Mm -hmm. So even if somebody doesn't do well, right? Not everybody survives their cancer, but if we can provide something really positive and they've had a great experience, met new friends, had their stress reduced by coming to us, um, I feel good. Yeah, no, you should. There, there's, you should be commended for that. There's no doubt because it's not an easy disease to deal with. We all no. know that. No. And uh, th there's always challenges and we we hope one day there will be a cure, and I'm not sure if you work on any of the the boards that come into play, and and any how the prognosis is coming with any type of cure. But do you do you get to see any of that at all? Well, you know, I, I we do see a lot of research, and I always say to people, I would love it if we had to go out of business, right, right. Um, but I think that's a ways off. But what we do know is that people are living longer and better, which is a testament to the medical community. Uh, but it still doesn't take away all the stress and anxiety right. you experience when somebody tells you you have cancer. So as for the next foreseeable future, we're going to be there. Yeah. And, and you, you, you reminded me of something that I wanted to ask you. Uh, have you ever dealt with a patient and they were just diagnosed with cancer that you're dealing with it on a counseling end of it uh, that they've accepted it in a strange way? You know what I mean? Like they were like, wow. Um, I know you said they didn't know it was coming, but when it sinks in, what, what, what was like the reaction? Well, you know, I think people have to get to that point. Okay. I, I don't know too many people that aren't really caught off guard. Okay. You know? Yeah. I think people can 
get to a point where they're like, okay, I'm going to do what I have to do. Usually those are people that have a strong support source. So mm -hmm. in addition to us, you know, they have a lot of family and friends that support them. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that go through this alone, or there are a lot of people that live in Philadelphia, but their family is in Seattle. Gotcha. Right. So, um, we're there to provide them that support in the absence of what they need. Yeah. Well, one question I think I forgot to ask earlier was, uh, is there any plans for the future of expansion? I know you have two locations. Uh, what's on the horizon for your organization? You know, my big dream is to make sure that nobody in the Philadelphia area has to even worry about the emotional side of living with cancer. Uh, we know that there are people in the city and the surrounding areas that just don't have access to our services. So with the pandemic, it's actually been helpful that we've been able to provide a lot of programs virtually. We are back in person several days a week at our two main locations, mm -hmm. but going virtual because of the pandemic did give us access to people that either couldn't come to us because of transportation or were too sick mm -hmm. to travel. You know, if you're in treatment, the last thing you sometimes wanna do is get in a car and drive to a support group. But we've had a huge growth in our area of virtual activities. Yeah, speaking of the virtual activities, a lot of people are older when they're diagnosed. Is that a safe fair assessment? Yeah. How was the technology for them? Was it a, was it a challenge? Yes. Okay. Um, but we also have programs where we actually match up our staff with people. We ask them to bring in their device, whatever it is, their phone, their iPad, their mm -hmm. laptop. We actually teach them how to use that device oh. to access our program. That's been a crazy popular program. Yes. And then they can call, you know, once they get the basis, mm -hmm. then they'll call and say, hey, you know, I wanted to attend the, the prostate cancer lecture, but I can't get on there. Can you just show, sh send me the link or show me how to access that? Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that was another point that, that you hit. Um, there are various types of cancer. Is there, does, there, does there seem to be one specific that you see more of than the other? Like I know you mentioned prostate, right. is, is that something that you might see? Because that's an easy one. If you're getting checked regularly, it should, uh, you should be 90, I think they say like 96% uh, okay if you're going for your daily checkup, yeah. not letting it go. Hopefully, we yes. always hope for that. Yes. Um, I would say breast cancer. Okay. Breast yeah. cancer for women. And you know, men get breast cancer too. It's a very small percentage, but definitely breast cancer. Yeah, and that's- and That's been for the last 20 years, as when I look back. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of times um, that you also made a good point that people that suffer from cancer, they don't always make it through. No. Does, does your uh, group deal with bereavement? We do. You know, so like you said, you know, people don't always survive their cancer. We try and help them as they're transitioning um, through that because it's not easy. So we try and help them. We'll have classes on estate planning, helping them with, you know, wrapping up their social security. Uh, but then we also provide bereavement services for the family that's left behind. And interestingly, over the last probably four years, we've had a big increase in requests from local schools to go out and provide bereavement services for teens. Oh. 
So that's something that has grown significantly for us. So we send our staff out to local middle schools and high schools to do groups for kids that have experienced a loss in their family. You know, it, it's just so tough. You know, we also have short-term bereavement programs mm -hmm. so that pe if people aren't sure if they wanna participate in a group, they can kind of dip their toe in the water and see if this is something that works for them. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we really try and help people from the time of diagnosis through and up to including bereavement. You know, you, you mentioned you work a lot with the schools. I was curious, uh, do any of the churches in the area get involved with your group at all? You know, as volunteers, we have a lot of church volunteer groups come out, but that is something, you know, if a church, we've had churches in the past call us, mm -hmm. if that's something they want us to come out and do some talks. Uh, we do go out to local companies, churches, retirement communities where we'll do a series of talks or just an intro of talks. We've done support groups in different communities and we're always available to do that for people. So I'm surfing the, uh, your site now online and I'm looking to become a volunteer. What would be some of the options that I would have? Oh gosh, you can do, so let me say, we always want volunteers to be happy. Mm -hmm. We want them to do something that's meaningful for them. You know, not everybody wants to answer the phone. So we have everything from office work to helping us clean the facility. You know, we have paid cleaning people, but sometimes with the volume of people that come through, mm -hmm. you know, if people want to come and help us at events, that's hugely helpful. Filing, you know, just organ helping us organize on a daily basis. We can find a volunteer job for pretty much anybody. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you, you mentioned that there are a, a bunch of, I guess you must have speaker series as well, right? We do. Oh, gosh, yes. And I, I was curious if they're involved, if volunteers are involved in the speaker series at all. We couldn't have the program we do without volunteer speakers. So we have physicians, lawyers, nutritionists, people even that want to do crafts for us um, or uh, dentists. You know, we just want to have a really well-rounded program for people in the community. So if anybody has an idea that they want, I mean, we're happy to talk to them and see if it's gonna be a fit for us. And how would they go about doing so? I think the best way is to visit our website, www.cancersupportphiladelphia.org. There's a, an email link there um, that'll go right to our main uh, program director mm -hmm. and she'll get back to them with any questions. Well, yeah, that's fantastic. Is, is we, we can't drive that one home enough, you yeah, know, making sure true. people are aware. Um, I guess the thing now is when you, you've you been doing this for 20 years, hopefully you're gonna be doing another 20, how do you see things in the future for, for this group? Oh boy, you know, raising money's tough, mm -hmm. um, but you know, we have, we have to keep providing the service. It's just too important. You know, people tell us all the time um, when they were at their lowest, this was like a life-saving service. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we just stay in the community and help local families. And I'm going to try and make sure I do that at least for the next little while. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I'm thinking you've been doing this a while. Do you have any protégés lined up? I do. Ah. I do. I have a whole bunch of them. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, then. they're great. We have, we have an amazing staff, uh, just so dedicated, well-educated. I mean, they, they always try and learn. They support each other. You know, we really make sure that our services are top-notch. 
Uh, now, do they have a uh, monthly meeting or? Oh, they meet all the time. Oh, so it's nonstop. Yeah. You know, sometimes not everything's easy. Right. Right. So somebody comes in and there's some challenges. They huddle together to decide, you know, what's the best course of action for us to help this person. And that's really, that's great because that really plays into the community feel of our organization. So this is, this is one of my last questions. Uh, you're meeting someone like myself, let's just say, this is hypothetical, and I've just been diagnosed. How would, how would you handle me coming to you for your service? So we, we, have an ori we have an orientation that we ask people to attend just to kind of give everybody an overview because people can participate as much or as little as they like. It's not something that's prescribed. They don't have to go to so many different things, mm. but they get a calendar every month and we ask that they register for what they'd like to attend and we help them, you know. So if it's you and you had young kids, we'd talk to you about what your particular cancer was and what we think might be helpful to you. But then we'd say, well, you know, you have little kids. Let's talk to you about our children's program and talk to you about how they can participate as well or your wife. You know, as a caregiver, we have a large caregiver support group because that's hard too. So we would walk you through the whole process and really is easy. That's easy. So once again, if you wanna get involved as we wrap the program, let's share your website. www.cancersupportphiladelphia.org. Well, you should be commended for all the work you do. It's Thank fantastic. You. And that's one thing that I'd like to share too. If you have the opportunity to volunteer or donate, the Cancer Support Community of Greater Philadelphia can sure use your help. For Kelly Harris and everyone here at UMGAA, I'm Chuck Curlin. Thanks for watching this edition of Community Connections.